0: Hey guys, welcome to Make You Remarkable, a brand new podcast brought to you by Oconee State Bank. I'm your host, JT Tomlin. And on this podcast, we're going to be talking all things leadership, entrepreneurship, and personal development. Our goal is to ignite purpose and inspire passion in our listeners by asking them the question, how will you make you remarkable? We'll be interviewing local legends Business owners and leaders within our communities, and asking them about their road to success. Like, what kind of steps did they take to get where they are now? What does it mean to be a leader? And how can I lead my team? As well as what kind of mark they've made and what kind of mark they hope to leave in the future. This is going to be an amazing podcast, and we cannot wait for you to listen to it. So, make sure you subscribe on your favorite podcasting app and follow us on social media at Oconee State Bank for more information. And today, I'm joined with local entrepreneur, Chad Brown, who's the founder of Brown & McCook Tax Firm and Stronger Business. How are you doing today, Chad?
1: Man, I'm doing fantastic. Excited to be here and get
0: the chance to talk with you today. Me too. I'm glad you came. So tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: All right. So uh, I've been an entrepreneur from day one. I love business. I love entrepreneurship. Um, Didn't realize that. You know, growing up or through college, it just kind of came natural. There was all sorts of little entrepreneur adventures I had growing up and ways I wanted to buy things or make money and just something I always enjoyed. And uh, came to Athens as a freshman at UGA uh, and at some point in that decided to major in accounting and get in the business school side. And I'd done an internship in Atlanta uh, with Ernst & Young for a summer and figured out I did not want to go back to South Georgia and I did not want to work in Atlanta. So I said, hey, I got to figure out how to stay in Athens. And here we are 23 years later. Um, I'm in the tax business, I uh, have a tax firm and by career and education, you know, taxes and tax planning for business owners and entrepreneurs is what I do. That's what we specialize in, but I'm still an entrepreneur at heart. Um, I have several different other businesses and I love the trial and error side of growing businesses and trying to solve problems for our community and, and ways to approach things from an entrepreneur mindset.
0: Mm. So what what drew you to Athens? I mean, obviously UGA, but what made you want to stay? Um,
1: first of all, Athens. I grew up in a really really small town in central South Georgia. Um, it's mostly agriculture, really rural. So there's not much going on there. So getting out was always exciting for me and doing <laughs> something different. And Athens was like the Holy Land. Uh, my My stepdad went to college here. Uh, My grandparents went to college here. It was, like, always a big deal to get to go to a game once or twice a year. And so Athens was, like, worshipped in my household and for a lot of people where I grew up. And so coming here was somewhat of a a no-brainer. I never looked at anywhere else. Didn't look at any other colleges or or options. And so that that brought me here. And then once I got to Athens – Kind of back to South Georgia growing up, uh, it's pretty much kind of a dry county where I live. Mm. Um, there's there's not any restaurants, there's not any entertainment. We obviously <laughs> don't have any concerts or bands or bars. Just dry. And so it's just <laughs> dry all the way around. Um, and I was a pretty good kid, and, and I was in sports and stuff in high school. And so, you know, it's pretty dry all the way around. That's very well put. And so I got to Athens and... Man, it was like a moth to a flame. It was <laughs> vibrant and exciting and energy and bars and bands and parties and all the freedom and independence, and I just loved it. And I loved Athens because it 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 has a lot going on and a lot of culture and a lot of diversity, but it's still a really small town. That's, yeah. that's what I love about it is you – You can make a difference. You build relationships that last a lifetime. You see people you know everywhere you go. And so what I loved about the small town side of where I grew up, Athens maintained. Mm. And then what I liked about, you know, Atlanta and some of the bigger cities of, you know, nice places to eat and things going on and a lot of activity and entertainment, it had that too. So for me, it's Athens has always been the perfect balance of like small town feel, with a lot going on and a lot of opportunity for business owners or employment or or doing things to make a difference.
0: It's pretty unique. It's a very interesting place. because, like you take just a step outside of Athens and all of a sudden you're in like rural Georgia with mom and pop shops on every corner. (laughs) But then you go an hour away, you're in like the hub, which is Atlanta. And you've got like film being made, like you've got movies and all sorts of massive companies. And Athens is kind of like that in between where it's like, it's, modern city enough where it's like it attracts the modern the modern person and but it's like small town enough that it really encourages mom-and-pop shops to aspire to work there because it it has all the customers that's going to help them succeed
1: yeah, it does and i feel like it's it's not so intimidating or overwhelming you know to start a business or to mm-hmm. to do something because you know everybody or as you take a much bigger city I mean, it's just really hard if you're in Gwinnett or Atlanta or somewhere like that trying to start a business. Those relationships, I feel like it's a lot harder to establish and to to do some of the things we're able to do in Athens. And that's – I love the size of Athens. I love the diversity. I love how there's a constant flow of population and energy through the university and how, honestly, I mean, I know the students, there's some pros and cons there, but a lot of the things we have – a city the size of Athens wouldn't have if it weren't for such a large student population and the money and things that come along with it. So I think it really enhances having a small town feel with a lot of cool stuff that cities our size typically don't have.
0: It's interesting because, I mean, we talk about how the biggest asset in business development is word of mouth. Mm -hmm. When you're in Atlanta, there's, I mean, people talk, but it's very much more like, either within a business or within like your little group. Mm -hmm. But Athens has this like mindset of we're We're one, like we're all Athens and we want everyone to kind of incorporate and be a part of it. Like want to hang out with each other. And so word of mouth, is just kind of businesses are able to start really quickly because you have so many people talking and so many people engaged with each other.
1: Yeah. It's a, it, Brings me back to a conversation I had just a couple of days ago. Um, I was working with a client on tax planning. He owns a service industry business. It's one of the trades, and he has an Athens-based business and is just crushing it. It, It's something he's grown organically. It's an awesome business. He opened a branch in Lake Oconee in Edenton. It's doing really well. Also, and about a year ago, he started a Gwinnett branch, and that branch is really struggling. I mean, he's got millions of customers to it's available, but it's harder to tap in for him into that market because he's been a kind of a smaller town relationship based business. And so so that I think that kind of describes how lucky we are in Athens and some of these smaller markets on the relationship side.
0: Yeah, there's just there's so much more opportunity. Mm-hmm. So kind of talking a little bit about Athens and the, the business and like the business field. What is it like being an entrepreneur in Athens and what kind of drew you to that? Um, I
1: accidentally, I think, ended up an entrepreneur in the (laughs) beginning um, coming out of college. So like we kind of kicked the podcast off with, I'd I'd always had the entrepreneur spirit and I didn't realize it. And growing up, I was always tinkering or buying and selling things or Mm. doing stuff. Um, But I came out of college, I didn't have really any... Interest in being an entrepreneur, a business owner. Hmm. I wanted a good job in accounting or tax, and I wanted to make money, and I wanted to serve clients, and that's that's what happened. And so we were a tax based firm. Um, I started with the tax shelter um, straight out of college. I'd interviewed with a couple of firms in Atlanta, I'm a bigger firm in Athens. I decided to stay at the tax shelter. I like that small feel. It's a family based business, and so we were a heavy tax-based firm, which means we worked crazy hours during tax season. We were 70 hours a week, um, January through April 15th. And then like a switch, it just like changed from 70 hours a week to 20 hours a week for the rest of the year. Uh-huh. And for my personality, I just didn't idle real well. I didn't, I get bored easy and I, I didn't have a whole lot to do. And so Outside of tax season, even in the first year out of college, I was looking for other things to engage in, and I wanted to learn more about business and learn more about entrepreneurship. And I just wanted to find ways to do some cool stuff that was entertaining and educational and was profitable. And so having that extra time between May and December really got me into like having the time and capacity and, to start other businesses and to start doing other things.
0: Hmm. So talking about like really your entrepreneurial journey, um, what are some of the lessons that really formed you as an entrepreneur, like formed you as a business owner? Uh, What are some of the biggest lessons you learned?
1: (laughs) So I definitely know what has formed me as a business owner to where I am now It is all the mistakes and failures (laughs) and things that I made along the way. I I cannot describe how many mistakes and how many wrong ways in the for for the first probably fifteen years that that was happening in businesses and new things I was starting or business partnerships. Um I've at this point I have owned little over probably 22, 23 different businesses. Wow. <laughs> um, some I still have, some I shut down, some were horrific failures. Um, a few in there we sold. And so there's been just different aspects of trial and error along the way. That I, But I've learned the most through failures and things that didn't work. I'm very much a trial and error business owner. Mm-hmm. I like change. I like adapting. I like moving fast. I like throwing things against the wall and see if they stick. And if they do, we keep it. If they don't, we change and do something else. So so being used to failing and being used to being able to try things and know for me, my mindset as a business owner and entrepreneur is if I can figure out how to win 80% of the time, it'll be a huge success. And Mm -hmm. so I adopted that mindset pretty early on because I just had absolutely no idea what I was doing I've never got into a business where I had any knowledge of how to operate that business or honestly even how to do what we were going into. It was always the desire to learn and to Mm. learn new skills or to have some knowledge in something or to do something fun or do something fun with somebody. And so I knew going in, I didn't know what the heck I was doing and I was probably going to fail on some level. And so I just accepted it, hey, I'm okay failing 20% of the time. If I can win 80% of the time, it's going to be a huge success for, for me, the customer, the business, my business partner. And that's been my approach to honestly almost everything in life is I, I, I don't try to shoot for perfection. I try to shoot for that, hey, if I can come out 80% ahead of things. Um, If I'm making investments, if 80% of them work out, I'm going to win big. If I'm making decisions as a CEO or as a business owner, if I'm making 80% good decisions. That's going to be a win. And so that's been a mindset I adopted early on through failures and trial and error that I think has been able to serve me well and just not get me too worked up or stressed out when things don't go the right way or I don't make the best decisions or A business just doesn't work.
0: And we were talking about this a little bit earlier, but talk about how you're able to kind of keep that consistent mindset and really um, embrace that 80% rule. Because we were were talking about fitness and how Mm -hmm. uh, staying in good shape has allowed you to really uh, keep a good mentality when it comes to business. Talk a little bit about that.
1: For me, um, kind of back to being geared to I like working, I love what I do, um, I get bored easy, and I don't idle very well, so I have the tendency to work too much, or to, when you, when I love what I do, I don't, it's not like work, and uh, yeah, I love everything I do, and everything I have, and I'm involved in on the business entrepreneur side, and so it, one of the biggest challenges is figuring out how to balance that. Um, for me, I just don't want to be a good business owner, I want to be good husband, a good friend, somebody good in the community. I want to have, be very fit and take care of my health and myself and be a good business owner and be a good manager and a good leader and continue to grow and develop skills. And so figuring out how to balance that has always been important. Um, For the longest time, I didn't do a good job in that department. And so mentally and physically, it was kind of a roller coaster ride of business and mindset and then probably it's been recent probably the last five to seven years I have learned the importance of mindset emotionally taking care of myself Mm. um taking breaks when I need it and then physically taking care of myself I went to a conference about five years ago and one of the things they said like really stuck with me is how as a business owner I'm the biggest asset to the business. Mm. Um, When we have assets inside of our business, when we have cars or we have equipment or we have machines, we spend time and money taking care of those things. We, we change the oil, we wash it. We, you know, anything, something's wrong. We repair it. It's the same way as a business owner. We've got to take care of ourselves. We got to plug in the time, money, effort, maintenance. And part of that is for me has been the fitness side and the, the exercise side of things. That's, that has changed my life in business more than anything else. Um, what I've learned through taking care of myself and discipline and commitment on the fitness side and the health side has made me so much better of a business owner. It's mentally made me make so many better decisions as a leader and as a CEO. And then just gives me the energy and, and the the balance I need in my life.
0: Like That's a great tip for anyone who's trying to Kind of get into the industry or start talking uh, about starting a business is just understanding that one of your biggest assets is yourself, and understanding, hey, if you don't treat yourself well, if you don't work out, if you don't eat healthy, or if you don't get sleep, you're not going to function well, and it's going to be really hard to start a company, run a company, or do
1: anything. Yeah, it's. I think we all know it's. It's so freaking hard to be a business owner and entrepreneur. It takes so much. There. There is no turning it off. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You're thinking about it. You know, I told somebody a couple weeks ago, I think for twenty, the last 20 years, I've been 40 or 50 hours behind. Like, wow. There is no, when you're trying to make things better, when you're trying to grow businesses, when you're trying to do things, there is no caught up or complete or done there's There's, always something yeah something you can always do or or something that's always out there which is awesome it means job security it means demand but it's also gets really stressful Mm. and so for me part of that understanding is hey I can't let that get me emotionally worked up I can't let that just make me work all the time I've got to have that balance and really the, the fitness side of taking care of myself and understanding, hey, the work is always going to be there. I'm not going to be in a capacity or place to do it at a high level if I'm not taking care of myself. Just like if I'm not taking care of my car or work van, it's not going to be able to perform at the level I need. Yeah. And it's the same thing for us, I think, um, as business owners, entrepreneurs. We, we're our biggest asset. I haven't figured out. A lot of people have. I have not figured out how to run businesses without me. Um, I'm still in there every day way too much. And if you take me out of the equation, like most people, the business is in real trouble. It's not sustainable. So we got to figure out how to sustain ourselves and take care of ourselves.
0: Yeah, that's, I mean, that's really important to be able to understand, like, all right, if I'm trying to grow businesses as an entrepreneur, um, instead of just being a business owner, you're, you're looking to continue growing businesses, start more businesses. How can I make a company that, I am an asset to, but I'm not the foundation of.
1: And I'll say this, this is, if I could give what I think is one of the biggest tips that that can lead to really success on a sustainable level, as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, especially in the early days of startup, you got to think about the long game. Um, I don't know how, I don't know why, but That's always been my mindset. I don't really know where I adopted that. But I understood early on that I wanted to play the long game. I didn't want to just have a successful business next week or I didn't want to make a lot of money tomorrow. I wanted to build things that were going to last that was sustainable because that's Mm. the ultimate exponential win in business and in life is, you know, play the long game, let's let's plan now for what's going to happen or what we want five years from now, ten years from now. And I think that comes back to, to connecting two of the things we've talked about already, the relationship side, um, organically building trust and relationships with other business owners, with friends, with the community. You're not trying to just sell something. You're not trying to just engage in business. You're trying to build a long-term relationship it's going to pay exponential dividends in life and in business for the next 20 or 30 years. And kind of same thing on the fitness side. I need to be thinking about if I don't take care of myself now, what's that going to look like in five years? If I'm just white knuckling grinding for the next two years, what, where am I going to be sustainability-wise in three years? And for me as an entrepreneur, I think a lot of the success and what I've been able to do and build is around always trying to play the long game and always trying to plan for the future, Um, not getting wrapped up in something today or this week or next week.
0: Yeah, and I kind of want to go back to something you said about connecting businesses and engaging with businesses Mm -hmm. because those relationships are vital. Um, And I know you actually do something specific for networking and bringing people together, um, which is called the Stronger Business Summit. Tell Tell us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, so stronger business summit, man, this came out of nowhere. Um, <laughs> you basically have an accountant trying to throw a business conference. Um, mm. So, give you a little backstory there. Um, my wife has been in the medical field um, since she graduated uh, medical school. She she was a occupational therapist, uh, certified hand therapist. Um, she went to undergrad at College of Charleston, then you went went to MUSC, and so for. Almost 14 years, she was a nine-to-five employee um, at a medical practice, and that worked awesome for our life because it, it gave us that steady paycheck, that stability, that direct deposit every two weeks while I'm out growing businesses on the entrepreneur side. She never had any interest during those times of engaging in the business side. She was very secure, very comfortable, liked what she was doing, well, then over time, we became more interested in wanting to work together, so we decided to buy a business together, and she was going to shift down to four days a week work. Um, my wife and I, we work extremely well together, but I, sometimes I feel like things I communicate to her, she doesn't necessarily give a whole lot of credit to. And so I'm <laughs> like, we got to engage in something that's going to teach her a little more about business. So we signed up for a business conference in Charleston. Um, it was called Rise Business, and I'm like, Laura needs to go to this. She needs to learn some stuff about business. It was like a three-day event with 30 different speakers. And I'm like, I'll just be your wingman. I was like, I know a lot about business. I don't need to get into this rah-rah you know, <laughs> speaker business stuff i'm like i'm past all that
0: every business uh, owner ever yeah i'm like
1: <laughs> eh, like i don't buy in this kumbaya hold hands and sing about business stuff they do at these things um i had i gave absolutely no credibility <laughs> oh and had, was not excited at all to go to this business conference it changed my life mm. like i seriously cried partway through the first day really like, it was the most <laughs> amazing content there was six thousand business owners in one room, all trying wow. to get better together, all sharing things, all trying to grow and learn. It was the greatest thing I'd ever been to. And I was like, I do not know how we don't have something like this in Athens. Like everybody needs this. And I'm like, We're not we don't have any big, huge business event in, in Athens. We don't have anything. We're all getting together, getting stronger. We don't have anything, we're all coming together as a business community and celebrating, like We need a big business event in Athens that really just helps us all like learn and grow and get better together. And and immediately, Lauren and I started planning, how do we come back and do this? Um, My business partner in the cleaning company, Josh Melton, I called him. He's like, I'm on board. Let's do it. And then we planned the first Stronger Business Summit for May of 2020. It was all planned. I had no idea what I was doing. We had it all in house. Um, just figured it out. The Classic Center helped tremendously um, in helping us figure this out. Um, I was able to get Jesse Itzler to agree to come drive over from Atlanta and do it for some stupid low price because we didn't have any money. <laughs> the Classic Center was going through COVID. So they were, or no, not yet.
0: Yeah, that's the Classic COVID. Center.
1: No, that's right. The Classic Center was willing. I was on the board of the foundation. I still am. I love the classic Center and all they do inside of the community. They were willing to, like, invest in giving us a lot of uh, value and discounts So it's a first-year event and try to get it off the ground. So we had everything in place. COVID hit. Well, we can't do it. Like, hopes and dreams And I'm like, crushed. oh, my God, what are we going to do? <laughs> so I'm like, let's pivot. Let's just see when we can do it. And we found out, I think, somewhere around the end of August – Things were loosening up enough we could do it in October 2020. Mm. And so I scrambled, tried to get Jesse Itzler back on board. He moved some stuff in his schedule. He made it happen. The Classic Center made it happen. It was the first event since February that uh, of any size that happened in Athens. And so year one was a success. We pulled it off, and it there was – we learned a lot. It accomplished everything and exceeded our expectations. We're like, this is amazing. Let's keep doing this. Let's build it bigger. Let's build it better. And uh, that's what we're on a path to do. We're uh, we're on year four now here in 2023. we got some exciting things coming up this year as we get into the fall for Stronger Business and Stronger Business Summit.
0: So talking a little bit more about the Stronger Business Summit, uh, tell us a little bit of, like, what does that look like? What does the event look like?
1: Sure. So... I am not a huge fan of traditional business conferences and Mm -hmm. traditional business education. Um, I think it's boring and takes way too many cups of coffee to get through. Um, So part of the Stronger Business Summit, part of the brand, part of what we want to do inside of business content and development is make it fun, make it exciting. Business does not have to be stuffy. It does Mm. not have to be boring. It does not have to be people in suits that, Speak certain languages. Uh, business <laughs> is creative; it's fun; it's exciting. We're all learning and growing and trying different things. So, the summit is built around that. It's fun, exciting. There's people dancing. There's mm. welcome wagons. There's rap music. There's mimosas. Mimosas, yes, <laughs> y'all brought mimosas. It's just, it's a, uh, it's just. Let's all get together and have fun around business. We can mm. learn and engage and just have so much more of an impact inside of our business, um, inside of our community, engaging with each other if it's fun and exciting. And so part of what we want to do is bring life-changing content and skill set to the summit through speakers from around the country and do it in a fun, exciting, engaging way. And just think outside of the box from, from fire cannons to mimosas to djs and just all the things that just make it something that you want to be at not something you have to be at
0: yeah i feel like there's this really common belief that business is just like a business email it's all circled back and per my last email uh (laughs) like it's not really this relationship it's not fun yeah i think that's such a great way to put it it's like you business doesn't have to be that way and honestly most people get into business because they enjoy what they do and then Over time it fades like it starts to get to Mm -hmm. the point where you're like, oh, I now I don't like this because I'm doing it so often But you can easily bring that back. And I think the biggest way to really do that is a relationships like having those relationships with people within your same industry or different industries that you're growing with and that you're also learning from but then also just Doing what you love doing with other people um, really, I mean no one likes to do things alone and I think there's a really common misunderstanding that, like, okay, all of these people are my, co- my competition, so then I can't be friends with them. And, like, to an extent, you're, like, you don't want to be, like, giving away your secrets or, like, how your business works, but that doesn't mean you can't be friends. And the biggest part about business is knowing that you're both business owners, you're both trying to do the same thing, you're trying to really grow, and, I mean, there's such, just so much beauty in learning together, I
1: could not agree more and for me having that abundance mindset as a business owner is game changing for collaborating for being able to get better without feeling like you're competing I think probably the biggest difference in really high level successful people versus people that never get there is part of that scarcity and abundance mindset um I think for all of us as business owners, as entrepreneurs, as people in the community, as people working in businesses, we need to be collaborating instead of competing. Yeah. There's enough clients out there for everybody. There's enough market for everybody. There's there's enough dollars where everybody can be rich. Like you don't, you winning doesn't mean somebody else has has to lose or somebody else winning doesn't mean you have to lose exactly we can do this together we can build things better together we can make a stronger community together it's the whole you know cliche rising tides raise all boats i truly believe that in business and i think if if we harness that more and trying to figure out how to work and collaborate together inside of our business community it'll all just be so much more successful for everybody.
0: And we, we just had Matt Stevens, who's from Creature Comforts, talking yeah. about uh, Get Comfortable, his campaign. Uh-huh. Um, and it was just interesting because we were talking about charity and how every organization wants to and also kind of needs to be this uh, force for good and really contributing to charity. But a lot of people just kind of do their own thing. They're like, oh, I'm just going to do my charity organization. I'm just going to do mine. And they were talking, uh, he was talking about how bringing people together under one organization, kind of that rising tide thing is it's able to do so much more because you have everyone in the community focusing on one thing and actually being able to help them achieve a goal as opposed to 15 different people trying to do 15 different things or even 15 different people trying to do the same thing. Yeah. Like trying to contribute to help homelessness. All of a sudden you have people doubling up on resources or, putting too much effort into one area and just not even addressing another area. It's just not as successful. Same thing with business. As if everyone is focused on one thing. I mean, if everyone's focused on kind of avoiding everyone else because they're their competition, you just have this very dry relationship in business. It's not, there's no fun. It's all, oh, did they hear what I said? Did they hear my company's secrets? Did they uh are they doing the same social media strategy as I am it's just it just it, it almost builds up this paranoia in business it's just not fun
1: yeah I agree and it just take I think it creates an environment that's not sustainable and not going to be as successful I think when you collaborate when you work together when you share things together when you learn together um it, it's just equals more success all the way around and you at the end of the day, the whole goal is how do we provide the best experience for our customer that we can? Mm. How do we be the best part of our community that we can? And I think if you understand, hey, our we may be compete in the same industry for the same clients, but our goals are the same. And so we're all trying to accomplish the same thing together. Why aren't we working together? I mean, on a simple level, it's the same thing inside of a family. You're trying to you're Family raise your kids uh, to be the best they can possibly be, and if you're competing on inside of parents of who's doing what or different mindsets of things, I think it it gets in the way of the ultimate goal. And so, I think for a lot of us as business owners, if we identify, hey, here's what we're trying to do, here's what we're trying to accomplish, here's what we're trying to do for the customer, for the community, we're all in this together. We're not necessarily competing and fighting and trying to have some scarcity mindset behind it. I think it changes the way you approach things and inside of making a difference and making things better
0: all the way around. Mm. Kind of going a little bit on that line, talking about connectivity and really engaging with people in the business world. Um, What are some ways that you've seen success? Like how, uh, I mean, obviously the Stronger Business Summit, but some other ways, like how do people connect and um, what brings people together?
1: I... What has changed my life in business is not only joining community organizations or joining things inside the community, it's getting engaged in it, um, getting active. Um, By far in the early stages of business and development for me, the JCs. The JCs are a civic group, it's like the Junior Chamber of Commerce, Um, super Intimidating when I first joined. It was a new organization. We we're trying to get it off the ground. I didn't really know a whole lot of people my age in Athens. Um, it was joining 15 or 20 other guys trying to build something. And for me, I was just looking for a way to plug in to do something in the community. Very organic, civic-minded organization. Through that, I just wanted to make a difference and and be a part of it. And so becoming active in that, it built right. It's probably the sole reason this was probably 18 years ago. It's probably the sole reason we're sitting on this couch together. Really? Yep. Chad Thomason and I made a connection that first year in JC's and built a strong relationship and friendship. And we have been doing business together ever since through banking, through taxes, through other things we do together, um, that happened on an exponential level times a thousand. Uh, in the, in in the JCs is not a networking group. It's not a business group. It is a civic organization where we came together and wanted to make a difference in the community. But I wanted to get involved. I showed up. I worked hard. I joined the board. I wanted to make a difference. I became president on a local level, president on the state level, All those things along the way developed me as a leader, as a person. Um, Probably one of the biggest things that's changed my life inside of that is by being president of the JCs, you have to lead the meeting every week. I had to stand Mm. up and talk in front of 20 to 40 people every single week for a year. Wow. That means I had to prepare. I had to get comfortable. I did not like public speaking at the time. I would not be able to get on stage at stuff like the Stronger Business Summit or other speaking events across the country where I'm now – paid to go speak and talk to people, to get on stage and do those things. All that came from skills I learned and developed through being a JC. So the biggest place any young entrepreneur, I feel like, can really build relationships and have connectivity is being involved in something civic or something community-based, whether that's being on a board, joining the Chamber of Commerce and showing up to things, joining something like the JC's, Junior League. I don't even know if Junior League still has a good has a presence. I think it still does. Um, I know Cancer Auxiliary kind of phased out. There's so many different cool organizations. My wife and I were a part of as we've continued to navigate through business and still are now. And and not just joining or saying, "Hey, what can I get out of this? How can I join and become active and make a difference?" And it's built lifelong business relationships. I have business partners through the JC's I own real estate with people that I met in the JC's it has spread 10,000 times and it's been that way in every single thing I joined or got involved in to serve and so I think if you do that not from a business standpoint you do it from a truly from a place in your heart where you want to serve and make things better it will change your business life and it builds trust. It builds organic relationships, and you're playing that long game behind being a part of a community.
0: And kind of going off of that, I mean, you said that really for anyone looking to start a business, getting connected and rooted in a community mm-hmm. mission or community group is just vital. Like the JCS, what are what are some other tips and tricks that you would give entrepreneurs that are looking to really get invested in the business community, uh, in the business world, and then even just uh, tips for starting a business what what they can do to really see success
1: um i think you know probably the biggest tip outside of that for entrepreneurs is you just got to put in the work and you just got to try things um i think a lot of people are drawn to entrepreneurship right now drawn to business it's somewhat kind of sexy glamorous topic mm-hmm. but at the end of the day what what people respect is somebody that's willing to do what they say to put in the work. Mm. that's willing to deliver on whatever they're serving or selling or a part of because at the end of the day, all entrepreneurship or business is, is delivering something to, to a client or solving a problem for a client or a customer. And I think that's got to be number one focus. It's not around all this kind of, sexy glamorous stuff you see now with Instagram and entrepreneurship and everything that comes with it. I think it you gotta keep the foundation in place of how do I do serve the customer? How do I solve a problem? How do I do things at a really high level? And it comes back to playing the long game. If I can't serve my customer at a high level, I can do all the marketing I want to. I could have the coolest social media presence. I could do all the things And your business is not going to be successful. Also, there is no magic bullet. You've got to do things consistently Mm. at a high level for the customer. And they're going to tell their family. They're going to tell their friends. They're going to tell somebody they see at the store. They're going to tell somebody on a board. And that's how I found businesses grow, is it's truly word of mouth. It's truly a relationship. It's trying as hard as you can to deliver the best. Best possible outcome you can for the customer, and knowing it's not going to always work the way you want it to. Things are going to get screwed up, things are going to happen. When it does, you got to take responsibility, you got to own up to it. People appreciate reaching out saying, Hey, I screwed this up, or Hey, I didn't do a good job for you. Here's how I'm going to make it right. And I think if you do that in business and you're just willing to put in the work and effort to play the long game, I think you'll win every time. Now whether you win in a year or you win in 10 years, I don't know, it depends on your business, depends on the market, depends on what's happening, but if you consistently show up, serve your customer at a high level and put in the time and work necessary to do that every day, you're going to win. It's it's 100% guarantee.
0: Kind of talking about uh really connecting with your customer and utilizing social media instead of just kind of portraying this glamorous like sexy business owner type mm-hmm. type deal what would you uh how would you suggest someone use social media to really encourage and really uh, connect with their fellow business owner but also really um show a client or a customer that they can deliver
1: all right so let me make sure i understand correctly you're asking an accountant to share social media advice.
0: Exactly. <laughs> hey, I mean, you you have you're an accountant. You got stronger business. I mean, Stronger Business Summit has a great social media
1: account. Um, I love social media. Mm-hmm. I love it, love it, love it. <laughs> I know a lot of people have issues with social media. Um, I, I see the pros and cons of social media. I absolutely love it, but I have been extremely strategic in how I approach social media. Um, a lot of the things I've f- wise. Uh, a lot of the things I follow, a lot of the, the people I follow is very strategic on what I want to get out of it. Um, mm. It's business content. It's mentorship. It's people more successful than me. It's I'm into old cars. I engage in lots <laughs> of old car stuff. It's, I have curated my following into what makes me better and what I care mm. about. So when I get on social media... Right now, if I pull my phone and I get on Instagram or Facebook, it's like ten minutes of inspiration or education, and so I have crafted it to what I want it to be for me to consume. And I also try to deliver that back out in my pages. I want to provide value. Um, I, I I'm not very entertaining. I don't have a whole lot of entertaining content.
0: I totally beg to differ. Well,
1: but I feel like I have knowledge and experience. Mm. And I have a, I've developed a skill set inside of what I do around taxes and tax planning for business owners and entrepreneurs. I can share that and I can take something really intimidating and really complicated like taxes and I can present it in a way that people understand and it's somewhat fun and funny and take the seriousness out of that. And so for me, that's what I do is I try to just kind of stay in my lane of, I want to use social media to get better and I want to use it to give people content where they can get better. And at the end of the day, how do we all engage in it in a more healthy way? And I think if we can do that, that's been the answer for me and why I think it's so important. I also think it's hugely important inside of our community because it really just connects us with each other. It connects us with what's going on in other businesses. Mm. It connects us in ways we, you know, have relationships with our customer. It's, it's what works right now in being engaged and involved on a customer relationship level and on a community level. Um, that's how I find out what's going on this weekend in Athens. It's when I find out what's going on in the chamber coming up. It's hey, what's Oconee state been up to and who've y'all been interviewing lately. It's, I can comment with you on there. I can comment with people way out of my league on entrepreneurship that own businesses in New York city. So it's, Mm I think it's ways you can engage now, too, that's really cool and, and kind of reduces some of those areas of um, barriers and privacy and things you just couldn't get around.
0: Yeah. I mean, it really is a place where you can either get really negative feedback or sure. you can really utilize it to grow and learn and understand. And that's kind of what we're trying to do here with this podcast. And you hinted tor- towards what I kind of want to talk about next, which is, I mean, you do taxes and we're we're banking, like... <laughs> Why, why do we have a social media presence and why do we have a podcast? Because you also have a podcast uh-huh. uh, called the Stronger Business Podcast. But really just thinking about that, like kind of give me, I mean, I know the answer, but I want i want to hear more about kind of why, wh- what, what can you do with a podcast? And also I'm assuming, and actually I know this, but your podcast isn't just like, here's a tax tip. It's like, <laughs> it's uh, really providing value. So talk a little bit about that.
1: Yeah. So I love podcasts. I fell in love with podcasts. You know, in the early days of starting businesses for me, we didn't have Google. We didn't have podcasts. We didn't have anything. Mm -hmm. And so we were just figured it out. So when podcasts came along, I was like, Oh my God, this is amazing. I can listen to other business owners. I can listen to people that's been through other struggles. I can listen to people in different areas and how they overcame obstacles. Like it's just super cool, entertaining educational content that I can also do it while I'm exercising or while I'm driving. Like this is the greatest thing ever. And so for me, you know, you're right. It's like, oh my God, a bank's got a podcast. That sounds terribly boring. Or an <laughs> accountant's got a podcast, it's gonna put me to sleep. But I think for for both of us and all of us involved in the podcasting side, it's way more than that. It's about interesting stories it's about connection it's about things we can learn i tell people on my podcast my favorite thing is for me as a host it's like one-on-one consulting oh my
0: gosh for sure i learned so much
1: i mean i've these questions
0: are me learning just yeah, asking
1: i spend an hour or two a week like getting to learn and be consulted one-on-one from awesome guests and the one of the motivating factors for me is i had a lot of friends that i met In Athens, in the community, I had no idea why they had their business. I had no idea how they got into their business. I didn't know their story. So I'm like, man, I think we're at a place and an experience level. We can share things to help that young entrepreneur trying to grow and build a Mm. business. And I'm just interested, like, how did my buddy get in the sign business? Yeah. That's just the most random thing ever. And I have no earthly idea how he's in that business. So I want to ask some questions. And I want to sit down and do it in a format where we can share it. And so, exactly. I, I think it's the same thing y'all are doing here. You want to? There's there's true curiosity of wanting to know more about your customer and who you're mm. working with and who you, who's in the community doing awesome things in business. I think there's the development side of wanting to learn more. Yeah, and then be able to share that back and provide some value to to everybody. And I and y'all, I assume y'all are the same as me, like. The podcast costs money. It doesn't make money exactly, but it's so worth it, and it's been so valuable. And, and it's being able to connect and share. And I don't know. I love everything about it.
0: Well, we like to say with ours, it's it's making a mark one podcast at a time. I, mean, <laughs> I love it. It's yes. very cringy, but it's real. I mean, yeah, we're like you said, it does cost money. It is it is expensive to run, but it's providing value to towards our community and towards the people who are coming in each day banking. And
1: and to, to bring this full circle, that is playing the long game. Yeah. You are spending money on a podcast. You're showing up. I know for me it's every week to, to record a podcast, to edit a podcast, to have some sort of team around being able to do that, the money and effort and energy and time behind it. But – I am probably 140-ish episodes in to the Stronger Business Podcast. It's adapted and changed a little bit along the way. But no exaggeration. It has led to over a million dollars in value through relationships. Wow. Like, I can tie it. I've, I've never made a dollar selling anything on it. I've never done any sort of, like, ads. I've never done anything like that. It has been no, like, direct monetization but it has built relationships with for me that are now business partners, clients, um, somebody that I own several million dollars worth of real estate with. Like it has made connections and built things and played the long game. That's been tremendously valuable.
0: I think the biggest thing that I'm getting, like, hearing over just the whole interview, like, what we've been talking about, relationships are the key. If you don't have relationships, if you're not connected in your community, your business will fail.
1: Not only, okay, yes, 100%, 100 <laughs> but I don't know how else to put this other than you've got to show up for those relationships. Mm. You've got to be dependable. You've got to do what you say you're going to do. That consistency. I don't always do that. I screw that up. I'm busy. I'm juggling a lot of balls. I'm trying to do a lot of different things, but when I tell a customer I'm going to do something, When I tell a board member or a nonprofit I'm going to do something, when I tell you I'm going to be on this podcast, I've got to get prepared. I've got to show up. I've got to be the best I can at what I said I was going to do. Mm -hmm. And I think if you do that with these organic relationships and the things you're doing, you will stand out. People will trust you. People learn they can depend on you, that you truly care and I think it's that's playing that long game of truly showing up for people and doing the best you can to be able to do that and be a person that delivers on what they say over and over and over.
0: And I think you might have just answered this question, but talking about leaving your mark and leaving your remarkable on the community, how does an entrepreneur, especially one who has multiple different companies, Leave their mark. And I'm assuming it's going to be what that, you just said. People get
1: <laughs> so hung up on the masses. Like, mm. how do I get 10,000 followers? Or how do I do this? How do I get a 1,000 clients? Or how do I make a million dollars? I think it truly starts one person at a time. You can make your mark. You can be remarkable to somebody today. Mm. And tomorrow you can do that with two people. And the next thing you can do that with three people fast forward and compound that and they share out to other people and you continue to do that consistently, then you have thousands of customers or thousands of followers. And so I think so many people now with, with back to social media and some of the different platforms and things you can do, people want to go from zero to step 12. Mm -hmm. And like you, it's truly just, you can make your mark. You can be remarkable with somebody today. It's not rocket science. It's not hard. It just takes the intention and strategically doing it every single day. Mm. Just like anything, I think, in business, in fitness, in life, if you constantly show up, if you're consistent, if you're strategic about how you approach things and serve, you will 100% be successful. It's just going to take time. And people don't like to hear that, but it's the reality. Yeah. You're not going to be a millionaire in a year or two years. You're not going to grow a successful business on a high level in three years. You're not going to be a good entrepreneur or a great leader in five years. It's going to take time and experience and trial and error and failing and learning and growing and honestly getting kicked in the teeth every day and show them back up the next day to do it again.
0: It's understanding that long game, but also being able to prioritize the current relationship. Mm -hmm. Like it's all, everything happens one person at a time. So if you, if you sit there and you're like, all right, right now I'm just sitting with you and we're, this podcast is what's going on right now. If I'm sitting here going, okay, I have five more podcasts this week. I could easily lose, lose sight of the relationship that I'm building right now. It's that ripple effect that the relationship I build with you means that our relationship is stronger and then that can encourage word of mouth from you. You can go and talk about Oconee State Bank's podcast or you can go out and say, oh, JT was great on the podcast. These are just some tips that you could tell people. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) I love it. Just realized how conceited that sounded. I was like, I should probably make a joke. (laughs) But I mean, it's that effect where like that one impact, just like that one drop of water on like on the surface, like on the water, causes it to ripple out. You really start to connect with your community based on those one relationships. Okay, so kind of talking more about that ripple effect and the relationships and the impact that the, the current relationship and prioritizing that can have. Uh, talk a little bit more about that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think exactly what we're doing right now. Let's let's take this scenario right now. We're recording this right now in April. I am two weeks from the end of tax season deadline. I mean, right now, I've probably got somewhere to the tune of 40 to 50 tax returns I'm behind on. And so it's super stressful. There's way more work than I can do but I'm taking time for the relationships and you are too. Y'all everybody in this room right now has a thousand different things to do. You're behind (laughs) on stuff. There's emails, there's phone calls as business owners, as part of our community, as building relationships together, doing things like we're doing right now, I think is so important in sacrificing some things inside of your business or inside of time that you don't have. To continue to harness these things inside of doing business together and being a part of things with each other. Um, I know for you all, golly, Oconee State has been so integral in my success as an entrepreneur and business owner. Mm. And it's because we've done things together. You all have supported me, I've supported you guys. I've been a customer. You all are a customer of one of my businesses. You've sponsored Stronger Business Summit. You brought mimosas. (laughs) Kind of like, here's how it comes back to full circle again. I talked about the podcast earlier, how I'd made relationships. And through that, through those relationships, I have somebody that I met through the podcast that we now own over a million dollars in real estate together. Well, guess what? You guys as a bank stepped up and handled the financing and funding behind that, made it super easy. A lot of the things I have in business or in investments, I wouldn't have if it weren't for you all as a bank and things you're doing and things you're supporting. And so when we talk about collaborations and working together, taking the time today to make a difference, to help provide value to each other on on both sides of it, to serve together inside of the community and do something cool for other entrepreneurs and business owners and just all work together, we all become more successful.
0: Yeah, it's learning to navigate your time and understanding that, hey, first, I'm a business owner, so I need to take care of my customers. I need to prioritize that. But second, I'm involved in this community. I'm here to serve the other companies that are in the the community. I'm here to grow relationship with them not necessarily here to serve them, but you're also here to yeah. grow that connection. And these little things that f- like could feel like, oh my gosh, I have so much I need to do. I just can't do another thing. It could feel overwhelming. But then if you look at it in the long run, that relationship, kind of like you were just saying, could help you really manage your time or manage your taxes so that you're not as overwhelmed
1: 100% and I think it comes back to mindset. We talked about mindset in the beginning a little bit. I think it's the way you look at things like right now I have a ton of work to do. I have a ton of tax returns to do. That's awesome. That means I've got clients that want to do business with us. That means we're doing an amazing job. That means, you know, we're have a thriving, growing business with more work than we can do. I'm sitting here on a podcast at, at a <laughs> bank. I mean, that's awesome like if you would have 15 years ago asked would I be interviewed on a podcast I'm like heck no that would be (laughs) amazing so instead of like looking at oh my god I don't have time for this how do I fit this in today I got so much going on I'm like this is fun this is exciting this is something I'm honored to be a part of these are new relationships there's new things we're learning together exactly I got a lot of work to do that's kind of exciting too but i've also got a balance i need to get home at a decent time and i need to exercise today and i got to make sure i eat and so all of those things i think as a business owner as an entrepreneur you've got to figure out how to balance from a mindset angle and from a time management side and just say you know what i can't get it all done in a day i can't make everything better today i but i can be very strategic in how i approach things my My attitude, my mindset, my relationships. And if you, I think if you equally weight all those things and you don't get too heavy in one direction, I can't just go hang out with my wife all day. I'd love to, but I can't do that. My business would fail. I can't spend all my time in business and be stressed out and work until 10 o'clock at night. My marriage is going to fail. I can't stay wrapped up in my little office or my community and my other long-term relationships and collaborations are going to fail so there's just a balance and I think it's that's learning to
0: balance yeah just, it's learning to navigate those relationships all of us.
1: that's what it takes and I think it's there's no perfect answer and we deal with that every day
0: that's something I was challenged recently to do was to just change your mindset a little bit like if you like today for example like I I've been sick for the past like month and it's been horrible like sinuses crappy yeah but one of the things i've started doing is like whenever i start feeling better or like even just in the middle of the day if i'm like oh my nose isn't running like i'm I'm not stuffed up like to just take note of that and be like wow okay i feel good and be (laughs) able to say like that sounds so stupid but you're like those little things when you Uh make those notes and you take you look at your situation just like you were saying with work like i could be over here in the fetal position freaking out about how much work i have to do or I can sit here and be like, wow, 15 years ago, I would have killed for this right now. Yeah. This is so impactful. Yeah, I'm stressed, and I will handle that. But <laughs> just understanding like, okay, this is this is a blessing, and I'm thankful for it.
1: Being grateful for what you have and looking at everything from that mindset. Something I heard one time, um, I don't know if you ever listened to the Dak Shepherd podcast, Mm-mm. but he says something on there one time that really related to me. It said, you know, what what if your 16 year old self looked at what you have or who you are now? Like, would they, how impressed would they be? It's like, Oh my God, you own a house or Oh my God, you own a business or Oh my God, you're getting interviewed on a podcast or Do you get to work with these types of clients. It's like, you know, it's change your perspective a little bit and look at it. It's like, who would have thought you'd be here? If, you know, yeah. would this be hugely successful if you'd have looked at yourself 20 years ago and this is what you were doing. And I think for most of us, It's an absolute yes. Like, it's like, oh my God, I got the coolest job in the world. This is great.
0: It's such a great, just such a great tip for anyone who's looking to start businesses or do anything in the community to look at themselves and be like, wow, okay, take a step back. I'm doing okay. It's not, if you live your life in this panic of like, oh my gosh, I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to be at this point that I wanted to be at in the long run, like we've talked about. You're not going to ever be happy or satisfied, but if you're able to take those little steps and be like, you know what, I have 15 more clients than I had two years ago, or that's a very small number, but like whatever it is, you know, yeah, it's I still agree. it still that's is true. like there's it's still a small number, and I really just like said one thing and then completely went back, but it's a small number, but it's still more than you had, and it's a good mm-hmm. thing to be able to notice that. And if you want to change it, well, then you're listening to our podcast. And that's a great a great resource. <laughs> But kind of wrapping everything up, I just want to say, again, thank you so much for coming on this podcast. And, I mean, we've already interviewed you before on the video, so if you haven't watched that, go back and watch uh, Chad Brown's Make Your Remarkable video talking about how he's really made his mark within the community. And we talked a lot about it here, but we went a lot more in depth, and that talks Mm -hmm. about more of um, some of the little things you do. Um, For anyone who's watching, I would love for you to, like, give – just some ways that they can contact you or get involved with stronger business and like your social media isn't even the podcast name.
1: Sure. Absolutely. So, um, I'm very active on social. Uh, one of the things I do kind of through Brown and McCook and our tax firm is we, we try to educate our clients and the community on different ways they can save on taxes, tax planning, some really cool loopholes and out of the box stuff kind of secret deductions And so my personal Instagram is called Serial CFO. Um, If you check out (laughs) at Serial CFO, thank you. Um, I do Tax Tip Tuesdays. So every Tuesday I release some pretty cool tax tips and videos um, on our Brown and McCook page. It's just Brown and McCook on Instagram. Uh, You can follow it or you can go to brownandmccook.com. we got tons of resources to help. Business owners and entrepreneurs take the stress out of their taxes to save thousands on their taxes and just kind of eliminate that stress and surprise around taxes and tax planning and what's so intimidating with the IRS. And then on the Stronger Business side, it's at Stronger Business on Instagram at StrongerBusiness.com. We have a weekly podcast. We're doing some different events. We do some small stuff, some big stuff. The summit's coming up. You can follow along on Instagram and learn about how you can uh, come join us. I can guarantee it'll be a lot of fun. It'll be something different than you've ever been to before. And, yeah, so just check out Serial CFO, um, Brown McCook, or Stronger Business, and follow along. We try to have some fun and be able to share some really cool stuff with you all.
0: Yeah, and if you haven't heard about the Stronger Business Summit, make sure you check it out because it really is a fun event. Last time, like we've talked about a little bit, we had mimosas and – the, what was the guy's name savannah bananas
1: um jesse um cole Coleman. jesse cole or is it cole, cole? jesse cole yep we he, jesse he wears cole all yellow and, yeah it was it's just a, a blast
0: i mean it's a really fun event to be at so make sure you're checking that out um again thank you so much guys for joining us and we'll be back with a new episode next week